0: A little interview with Kat and Diane. Two American kids doing the best they can.
1: That was probably the greatest introduction we'll ever have in the entirety of this podcast. That's the new
2: intro to the whole podcast.
0: That's it. Use it.
1: Yeah. Right, I think we're day. done. So, yeah. Sam, you can stop recording. That was about all that we needed. Drop the mic. <laughs> well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Off Pitch 74. Um, I am Diane. I'm Kat. We will be playing the Portland Timbers this Saturday, uh, presented by Audi. The game will kick off at 7.15 p.m., so be sure to get here early. We will be doing a happy hour special at the TCL 4K bar from 5.30 to 6.30 for $4 off a Modelo 24-ounce bomber in celebration of Cinco de Mayo. Uh, Again, be sure to get here early. We will be honoring Chris Dangerfield as he is being inducted into the Quakes Hall of Fame. Um, In celebration of him, we will be giving away $5,000. Chris Dangerfield pennants at the main gate. So get here early to be sure that you're one of those first 5,000. Uh, we'll also be honoring the Wells Fargo Neighborhood Nights in celebration of the Evergreen Neighborhood Night. And stick around for halftime. Be sure to be in your seats as we um, do induct Chris Dangerfield into the Hall of Fame so you don't want to miss out on uh, the special night. Um, and today we have a very special guest. If you couldn't tell by his amazing singing voice at the beginning, we have Chris Dangerfield here um, on the podcast with us today. So, welcome. Thank you for Thank being you. here today. For those of you who don't know, uh, Dangerfield will actually be inducted into the Quakes Hall of Fame. Can we go with Danger? Danger? Yeah. We will go with whatever you want. This yeah. is your show. Dangerfield You like, can call us whatever you Rodney, want. That's Rodney,
0: isn't here. it? Dangerfield, surely.
1: This is no longer Off-Pitch 74. This is Danger 74. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> it's your week.
0: All right. It's, it's been a long one.
1: I was going to say, how has it been? Are you treating it like your birthday? Are you reminding everyone that you are a Hall of Famer now?
0: Yeah, I, I, I have a secretary in making those calls for me, but um, uh, no, it's, been, it's just been great. Um, the club has been wonderful and really uh, incorporated everything into this week. Uh, the players, especially uh, when they've seen me as well, on the road in the last game in Columbus, you know, I came back with the guys on the flight and uh, uh, they've all been very uh, complimentary and the office staff have been super. So yeah, I couldn't ask for more.
2: That's great. For this saturday are you are you more excited for it are you more i don't know i feel like i would feel like it's it's actually here it's actually happening what's kind of your emotion around it
0: it's not here yet yeah it's coming coming. i know i can feel it coming um no i'm I'm stoked i mean it's one of those things that uh i'm sure it's going to be um emotional on the night um I'm going to the airport to pick up my daughter Daniella later today. She's flying in from London, um, and um, all my boys will be there. My family, my wife Lindy, you know. So it's one of those things where I know that uh, there's so many of the alumni that I'm going to see tomorrow night that are coming to the game as well, and that's kind of special because that's what it's all about for me. You know, you play with teammates and, and coaches, and um, such a big part of your life. And for those guys to. Not only uh, be your friend still, but take the time out to come and, and be with me on the night. I mean, that's uh, that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, would you mind just giving a little um, background on how you came to be with the Quakes? Just for um, you know, some people listening, obviously you're with the Quakes now. You're um, our TV commentator along with Anthony Passarelli. So you have been with the Quakes. You've been with the Quakes for a while. But would you mind just kind of going back? How did you come to be here in San Jose?
0: I was with the Los Angeles Aztecs, um, and uh, from '79 to '79, uh, '80, 80, and '81, and um, they ended up folding up, as did most teams in the North American Soccer League. At some point, it seems. Um, you know, I played with ten teams in ten years in the North American Soccer League, and mostly because those teams just folded up or moved on to another city and um, I used to get sponsored by Mayflower Movers, they'd, they'd be the, the people that move us around from place. So I was that was a joke by the way <laughs> um, um, so at the end of that uh, all the players that the Aztecs owned were, became available for transfer, actually for acquisition and uh, I'd got friendly with George Best uh, just dropped the name um, <laughs> so And George was great. And so um, he basically, I think, worked with the owner that particular time was Milan Mandrick. And he told Milan, hey, I want to get this guy up here. I think he can help us out. And so Milan bought me from the Aztecs. And uh, that was at the end of 81. Uh, I was actually going to go and play indoor soccer. I got an offer from Pittsburgh to play indoor. So I've been playing indoor soccer for the Aztecs. And I was actually quite good at it. And um, so I scored a bunch of goals. And so there was a new league that was... uh, up and coming called the major indoor soccer league missile. And so I was, um, on the radar for those guys, I had some offers cause I thought I was going to be a free agent. I thought I was going to be a free agent, but in the end, Milan bought me and I came to the, uh, came to the quakes. Well,
1: aren't you so glad that you ended up in San Jose, I in am, California, other than Pittsburgh? <laughs> Never been there, but <laughs> I can just can play
2: indoor. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, the club was in a little bit of a, a period where it wasn't doing great at that particular time. And, uh, I remember the first time I went to practice. Uh, the 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 actual trainer, uh, the kit man, as it were, uh, put a bunch of stuff on the middle of the of the ground, and it was basically a few shorts and a few shirts, <laughs> and there wasn't enough for everybody. And but but besties was all folded up and nice in the corner with a towel, just in case you showed up. You know, it was right there. You know, um, but uh, we had to fight for the kits, and it was kind of weird because. Um, uh, the Aztecs was a, a big club. You know, we had Johan Cruyff and, and other players, uh, Vim and Michael Carey, some of which came here to the Aztecs, to the Earthquakes as well. Um, but in the end, Carl um, Berg bought the club, um, and uh, with Michael Diadio, and uh, they then re-signed me to a new contract to stay longer term, which was what I wanted to do.
2: So now that I'm sure you've been asked the same questions over and over again this week. How did you get here? How do you feel? Now we want to get the hard-hitting questions. Oh, there you go. So we saw some pictures of you back in the day. Yeah. You had long, flowy locks and very short shorts. Mm-hmm. How <laughs> – explain yourself, essentially, is what we're asking. Which people can
1: see on the pendant <laughs> that we will be handing out. So there will be 5,000 of those images running around on
2: Saturday night, just so you are aware. Great. Feel free to dress like him. On Saturday, I mean, what better way to honor you than to wear short shorts?
0: I don't think there's any shorts that short available (laughs) anymore. Um, It was the uniforms, Adidas, um, for the most part. I think the league was all Adidas. And so those are the shorts we got. And they were very thick and coarse material, sort of uh, (laughs) uh, shiny, shiny, plasticky looking things. And um, so they weren't that comfortable, actually, but they were real short. And I had this bad habit, kids, <laughs> of wearing my sh- uh, socks all the way down. I didn't like to wear shin guards. They weren't, it wasn't, I guess, uh, the rules to wear shin guards at that particular time. So, yeah, I had a lot of leg going on. Well, she,
2: she just it Yeah, we were big, too.
0: Yeah. My shin guards well, we used to like cut them down. We, we would now. get a pair of shin guards and cut them around and make sure they were about as small as you could possibly. Yeah. Even when they made us wear them, you get them as small as possible right. and just sort of force them in there a little bit. And the referee was sort of make sure you got something and then you take him out as quick as you could. <laughs> I'm
1: sure you probably just did it so you didn't have tan lines. Yeah. Let's be real. Let's just <laughs> call it what it is. You didn't want any tan lines.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. But uh and the hair thing was I mean, that was just the way it was back then. I yep. mean, you know, I think it started with a small group of four lads from Liverpool called the Beatles. <laughs> um and then, you know, the, the, the big idols that I had growing up as far as playing, I mean, my idol was George Best. I mean, he was the greatest. And, uh, and you know, he, he was the first one. He was the fifth Beatle. And he was the first one to sort of break the mold of having your hair long and having your shirt out. I mean, before George, it was shirts tucked in, short back and sides, haircuts, very proper. Next thing you know, gosh, here comes George and everything changed. And um, that's what I sort of try to emulate, I guess, more than anything else.
2: So without singling out any players or anything like that, do you look at the fashion on the field now with the hair or even kind of even how walking up on game day, that's kind of a runway show now, I would say throughout the league, every team kind of highlights that. Do you kind of laugh at some of the fashion now or is there something that you just kind of, what is that?
0: Well, you know, the game is so... Um, well, it's much bigger in a lot of ways, but it's certainly bigger because of, you know, this kind of stuff. It's social media. Um, if you, I mean, some of the greatest players you that ever played the game, you, you, some people don't know about them because there was no footage of them playing or real footage of them playing. Um, you know, I mentioned George again, but he was a little bit different because he, you know, he would do things at, off, outside the field. You know, he would own boutiques and own bars and things like that. Once again, a first And so, you know, he used to get a lot of uh, attraction from the media to follow him specifically. But in general, um, you know, the the fact that people can Instagram and and tweet and everything else that goes on right now gives all these players a platform and uh, they get paid decent money as well. Hey, if I look like those guys, (laughs) I'd probably do the same thing, right?
1: (laughs) So what was your hair care routine like back then? Was it just a wake up and go type of deal or did you have like an hour long process to Get that mane. <laughs> main. Main. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. So there was the guys I used to play with. In, actually, Portland was my first team. And we used to spend quite a bit of time in front of the mirror. And he was mostly just <laughs> curling it under this bit here, right? Because otherwise it goes out that way. So I do the same get thing. Get the curl going Were you, like you in this, uniform yeah. when you
2: were doing this?
0: Um, sometimes, maybe. <laughs> I'm not going there.
2: It just completes that the whole ensemble. <laughs> do you still have the uniform?
0: I do, yeah. Actually, we're going through a bunch of stuff the other night because my kids want to come to the game wearing my old shirts, and that would be great. Uh, But I've actually got a Portland one, and I probably shouldn't wear it this week, I don't think. I think we all agree that
2: that one should probably just stay home.
0: Leave that one there.
2: So you and George Best are married to sisters. Yeah. How did that happen?
0: Uh, Well, um, when I moved up here from Los Angeles, um, I stayed with um, Angela and George for a while, and I got to know... Uh, george from my time in la and um and that was my first association with those guys but many 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 years later and then i met sorry i met her sister which is lindy my wife um briefly at one point when she came over to visit and so i knew who she was and then many many years later and i'm here in san jose unfortunately i got divorced and um and was out in los Gatos and saw her and she was with her two boys she had got divorced and um some friends put us together and we ended up dating and that was that so is yeah but uh it wasn't planned
1: believe me <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking um before we started recording we were talking earlier about your time down in los angeles and everything and how you guys would have to carpool to practices and everything was that still kind of the same when you were up here in san jose what were your thoughts on Coming to had you even heard of San Jose like prior? Yeah, to Yeah, absolutely.
0: Here? Yeah, no, I, I wanted to be in San Jose. Um, I came here first in 1975. I was playing with the Timbers. I was 19 at the time. I was on loan from a team in uh, which act there. Timbers just got promoted back to the EPL, um, called Wolverhampton Wanderers. There was five of us came to Portland from the Wolves. The most famous of which was a guy called peter with who ended up going and playing for england and aston villa scored the winning goal for aston villa in the european cup final in 1991 or 92. Um, so um i came here to play for the timbers i came here played in the first ever soccer ball in um 1975 here at spartan stadium as well for the timbers against the uh, tampa bay rowdies and it was just it was a wonderful place it was warm weather uh, beautiful stadium. The fans were engaged. Um, my friends that I played with in Portland were both from San Jose, uh, Nick Nicholas, John Smiley, and they said to me, you'll love it down here, and, and I did. And I always wanted to come back and play here. It's just that, man, I made it happen. So as soon as they, I had the opportunity, I jumped at it.
1: So earlier you mentioned how when you came here, it was just so different. All the kids were just thrown out onto the field. Yeah. Were there any other kind of weird things that kind of went on that – um, well, this whole place is weird.
0: I mean, I mean <laughs> you got Crazy George. I mean, it doesn't come more weird That's than true. that. That's true. Yeah, you
1: were around for yeah. like the era of like the beginning of Crazy George. What was that like when you first, I guess, when you first saw Crazy George? What yeah. were your thoughts? What were like the things that were going through your head?
0: Well, the first time we came across him was with the Timbers. And um, I know that downstairs Magic's got the, the old footage of the game and. Basically, um, we were out there warming up, and next thing you know, this truck arrives, and out gets Crazy George with a Bengal tiger. And the Bengal tiger is about the size of this table. I mean, it's way up here. It's a big old thing. And the idea was this tiger was going to apparently be trained to kick the ball with his paws down into the goal. But the crowd went crazy, and the tiger freaked out a little bit and bit the ball and burst it. And there's actually pictures that we saw earlier that I'm, I'm sort of warming up and kicking the ball to the goalkeeper, and there's a tiger walking up behind me. And it's like, <laughs> and that's George. And he came out of the back of cars. He got blown up. He parachutes in. and um, But that wasn't just here. That was all around the league. I remember in Dallas, they had a monkey. And the monkey would, with a little guy, one of those organ monkeys, and it would basically, when they scored, it would run at the post, go along the crossbar, and down the other post.
1: A real monkey, a real
0: monkey, a little one of those organ grinder monkeys.
1: We're not doing it right.
0: And you know there was all Cat, sorts are you of different all this things, dance? yeah. And then or there's the cosmos. That's a completely different story. We're not going there.
2: I let, why don't we go there a little bit? <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things to watch is if, if I'm on field and for pregame is to watch the other team's reaction to Crazy George. I always look at their reaction because yeah. they just don't really quite get it. But it's our fans love it. Obviously, our team gets it. But watching other people's reaction to it is priceless. It's my favorite.
0: I think George has a reaction to himself when he looks in the mirror every morning. I tell you, <laughs> I mean, he must do right. Can you imagine waking up to that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll get him on the next podcast, and we'll give him. We'll ask him some questions about that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Direct quote. So, what's one thing? I mean, you've had an awesome career. What's one thing that you, you know, you watch youth soccer now? You're, you're, you know, you have the academy. What's one thing that you would want academy kids and players coming up now? to know or what's a piece of advice that you would give them
0: well from a local perspective and an american perspective i think that the young players need to recognize that we have now with the earthquakes and in america a real league with really good clubs to play for major league soccer um when i was coaching here locally we'd have so many young lads that would um boys and girls, that wanted to go and play. They're always talking about going to play somewhere else, not playing here in America. Right. And I think that it's very important for the up-and-coming young players now to support the local team, which is the Earthquakes, if we're talking about Northern California, and want to play for that team. When I grew up, I always wanted to play for Wolverhampton Wanderers because they were my local team and that's the team I supported. My actual team I support now is Aston Villa because that's where I'm from, in Birmingham um but at the time they were my team the one i wanted they were ones i supported my brother was a man united fan and so when i had a choice of several clubs to sign for i wanted to play for the Wolves. and i think it's very important we get to that point not only with our academy players i mean those are obvious ones but i still remember from my times coaching here locally with the talented young players they all want to go and play league mx and their parents want to go and play and I think they need to recognize what the clubs are trying to do here in America because there's great opportunity with these clubs as well right. to build your career.
2: Yeah. I think that, that idea will definitely transfer into national team as well, national game. And we kind of need that foundation first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean the more, the more uh, uh, success these academies have, it's going to breed more and more players to be considered for the national team. So that's, right. that is the number one goal. Probably in Major League Soccer is to basically make our national team not miss any World Cups again.
1: Yes. Very fair. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to steer away from soccer for a quick second. Um, You've lived here in San Jose now for quite some time. When you have people coming into town from out of the country or who have never been here before, what places do you take them to? What are some of your favorite San Jose spots that you will show people around to?
0: Well, we normally head over to the beach. My best friend, Andy, uh, Hewitt owns the Britannia Arms in Capitola. So we go over there and uh, see him. I love going down to Carmel Valley area. That's where I like to go. Um, If there are wine tasters, and (laughs) who isn't? Um, You know, we'll go to Napa, those type Mm -hmm. of areas. Um, It's great. I mean, it's actually one of these annoying places here because so so many people want to come and visit you that you feel like uh, it's not as bad as Los Angeles was. I played... Uh, one season for the California surf and we were based out of Anaheim Stadium God I had a lot of visitors wanted to go to Disneyland <laughs> Everybody wanted to come to Disneyland that year
2: We want to go to Disneyland all the time yeah. <laughs> you should <laughs> We did last year for the LA game
0: We had these people who used to take us to uh, um, Into the park, people we met And I had the little kids that come with my uh, uh, wife's sister's kids and all that kind of stuff They come and we take them into the park and they see the parades and all the, all the characters, or the big characters and all their, their um, outfits. Mm-hmm. But they took us backstage one time. And I remember that our, our little girl, our little niece, was oh, no. with us. And as they're going down, here comes Mickey Mouse and he takes his head off.
1: God, <laughs> oh, no. <That> it's traumatizing. <laughs> Freaks
0: him out, you know?
1: <laughs> and it was on that day that she learned the truth. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. I do see that you actually played in Hawaii for one year. Yeah,
0: that was interesting. Yeah, how was that? Same year, Las Vegas and Hawaii. I was in Las Vegas. And then halfway through the year, the guy who was the general manager of Portland went to start the team in Hawaii. And they'd been trying to get me. And I didn't want to go first. I signed for Las Vegas. We had Eusebio. And and, um, that seemed like a lot of fun. That started off real well. Then it went bad. Um, (laughs) Then uh, Hawaii came and uh, traded for me. And so I went to Hawaii. We used to live in Aiea, which is just above Pearl Harbor. If you go there, you can still see the tall, two tall high-rises that are there. We used to live in there. And you could see Aloha Stadium. And every morning, we would go down. when we are at home, the, t- the lads would meet downstairs, and you'd have a pair of shorts on and flip-flops, and you'd jump in the cars, you'd go and train by putting your soccer shoes on. And by the time you got back, uh, the wives and girlfriends would basically have um, some – barbecue stuff and everything no you know some stuff to go mm-hmm. to a. we go to a different beach every day and then we had uh, we found a red coat and a chef's hat and so we take it in turns if it's your turn to cook you put the chef's hat on <laughs> and we do that and if you wanted to do the drinks you had to put the red coat on and that's what we did every night and we were in bed by 9 o'clock because you are up so early There's no air conditioning in these high rises mm-hmm. so we are up at 6.30 go to bed at 9 And when we travel, a road trip would be a road trip.
1: Yeah, those are far.
0: I remember coming back a few times on planes from Los Angeles or Seattle or whatever it was to back to Hawaii. And literally the team would basically be the only people on the plane because, you know, you had to go there and do a, we would do a road trip, which would be like LA, San Diego, Vancouver, Seattle, then back again, you know? Jeez. Yeah. That I mean, I think
1: that we think road trips are hard from San Jose, like going to the East coast and everything. I could imagine having to fly from Hawaii, have yeah. a time change or going across like the ocean to come here or go even further. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. But I mean, you can't beat like going to practice and then just going right to the beach.
0: So the team then I went back to England and uh, I was playing in England and uh, got a phone call to go and meet the coach of the team in Hawaii, Team Hawaii. And um, so I went and met him and he said, I've got good news and bad news for you. So what's that? He said, well, the good news is I want you to come and play for me again next year. I said, okay, sounds great. Oh, what's the bad news? He said, we've moved the team to Tulsa, Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he <laughs> had you agree said, you to kidding, it you before are he <laughs> told you about the location. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll play for Team Hawaii again. I played one
0: game for Tulsa and I'm out of there. <laughs> it's like yeah, the Wild West yeah.
1: back then. It was. Well, now I understand why you only played one game. <laughs> it's on our notes. Yeah. Only yeah, played, played one, one game. Why? <laughs> why? Question mark? <laughs> have you
0: been to Tulsa? <laughs> Sorry, Tulsa. It's
1: okay. We've never been, so but you have, and that's enough for us. Yeah, we'll, take, we'll take, your, take your word for it. Yeah, we'll take well, your when recommendation. Well,
0: when he came from Hawaii, it's a bit of a culture shock in that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And then I found out California surf wanted me, so I said, I've got a surfboard. Yeah, the I'm second going, you hear yeah. that,
1: you're like, see you later. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I just really want to say thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Um, we're really excited to bring you into the Hall of Fame on Saturday, excited to see um, your induction ceremony, and it is very well-deserved, so I just want to say congratulations thank again. Thank you. Um, and, yeah, thank you so much for joining us.
0: You're welcome. I'm really looking forward to it, and it's going to be a great night for me and my family, and uh, and um, it, it's a special night for a lot of reasons, and and mostly from my opinion for the fans that have been so supportive over the years as well at a Spartan, at Buckshaw, at Stanford, and now with So it's uh, it's going to be a great night.
2: Thanks for listening. Looking forward to seeing you all out this Saturday. Let us know. Tweet at us. Hashtag OffPitch74. Let us know who you want us to have on. This could be someone from the front office. This could be players. Maybe even coaching stuff. Whatever you want, you let us know. Just be sure to tweet at us and we'll try to make it happen. Two weeks, next podcast, two weeks. May 19th. Thanks for listening.